morning, everybody. I'm Debbie Montgomery Johnson, founder of the nonprofit, The Woman Behind the Smile, and your host of Stand Up and Speak Up, a show that is about each and every one of us. Many of us have something, something we're hiding, something we're ashamed of, something that through no fault of our own or through our own making, we keep hidden, and that in turn keeps us hidden from each other and the world. Good people go through terrible situations. Wise people know when and how to let it go. Everything that happens to us helps us grow, and while it may be hard to see it right away, the most important thing to do is to change your perception about your circumstances. Regardless of what your personal experiences or traumas have been, this showcase series is designed to ignite the light in you, as well as providing safe harbor, education, personal growth, and resources so that no matter where you are on your journey, you'll have the courage to move on when you're ready. Stand Up and Speak Up features ordinary people who've been through extraordinary situations and struggles and found the courage to step out from behind their smiles and speak up about their experiences and the lessons gleaned from those experiences. Everybody heals at a different pace, and we recognize that. So come on in, have a listen, and enjoy the ride at your own speed. Hello, hello, everybody. It is a beautiful Wednesday in South Florida, and I don't see my friend from Canada on, but I always like to give her a hard time because it was snowing up there last week. And today it is beautiful and sunny, and I'm really looking forward to the show. Because we have a special guest, a friend of mine, who I tease every time that I talk to her, that we live 10 minutes away from each other, and we only see each other when we're attending out-of-town events. So, <laughs> Ms. Betsy Rossum, welcome to Stand Up and Speak Up. I'm so glad you're here today. No, thank you so much. I really appreciate the privilege of being able to share um, with uh, you and your guests um, what I do and, and um, how I was uh, the woman behind the smile. Yes, you were, and you're not anymore, and I'm so grateful for that. And uh, just to let people know that you and I are Women's Prosperity Network sisters. We've known each other for a few years and uh, have had some extraordinary experiences together. Um, let me tell people a little bit about who you are. Um, Betsy is an Amazon best-selling author of name of your book. I just had a mind Oh, making, making more than lemonade out of lemons. There you go. I love that. And we'll, we're going to talk about that. She's a certified speaker, a certified emotional freedom technique, EFT practitioner, Reiki practitioner, Psych K facilitator, does so many great things. She's got her master's degree in mental health counseling, ministerial license. And I love this part because this, this rings so true to me. You were a home economics teacher in a high school for years and years. I don't even know if they teach that anymore. Do they? No, they don't. No, they, well, it depends on where you live. I know in our county they didn't, they, and I, I found out as soon as they, they started closing the programs, I went back and got my master's degree in mental health counseling because um, I had a background in child development as part of my home economics background, and I knew, you know, um, how much, you know, how the brain is wired and how much um, what we go through, even as children, affects our thinking and thought processes. Well, home ec for me, I always tease my kids when they get care packages of cookies. The reason they mm -hmm. do that is because that's my stress baking. And I might have one or two just to test them. And I make some really good chocolate chip, butterscotch chip, Heath Bar <laughs> Crunch cookies. Uh, but I don't do it to eat them. I do it because I enjoy it. And it's something that I learned mm -hmm. from my mom. It's something that I learned in school, like probably seventh mm -hmm. grade. And uh, yep. it's it's a shame. I you know we could have a long discussion about home ec and shop and all those things that we should have in schools, um, mm -hmm. and we might get to that point. But Betsy, my friend, tell me a little bit about. I like to go back in time when mm -hmm. when we were kids. Tell me a little bit about mm -hmm. where you grew up, what your family was like, what you remember uh, about mm -hmm. that important time in your life. Mm, you know, uh, as a, a young girl, I was. Um, very quiet to myself. I used to like to read. Um, I learned how to sew when I was 10, um, and it became my passion. Um, my mom was abusive to me, and um, one of the stories about why for years I um, tolerated and put up with bad behavior from other people towards me um, is um, when I was born, um, my dad named me after his two sisters, Elizabeth Ann, and um, my mom had wanted to name me something else. And um, so uh, she was 
upset with my dad and um, decided to call me Sissy. And um, I asked why I was called Sissy instead of my name. And I was told because my brother couldn't pronounce the word sister. And um, when we were 10, we moved to Florida and um, I found it as an opportunity to start using my real name. And she refused. So she said, well, you can be called Betsy because you're not a Liz, you're not a Beth, you're not a, you know, but Betsy's a good nickname. And, um, you know, up until 10, you know, here this little girl um, took all that information and decided that she wasn't even good enough for her own name. So you can imagine the kind of trouble I got into, (laughs) you know, when we don't believe we're good enough. Um, I married a man who was abusive to me in all kinds of ways. Um, I um, had poor grades in school um, and, um, you know, just managed to graduate from college with the, 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 the highest that you could get, get away with, you know, um, to be, still be able to get my teaching certificate. And it took me until I was in my 30s to realize that um, I needed therapy and I needed to start working on myself. And then um, as, um, as I started getting, getting healthier, I discovered some um, other things. I got out of that marriage and um, discovered some other healing processes that worked on the subconscious level. And I was able to change the good enough to yes, I am and um, a host of many other things. And that's why I do the things I do today is I know when we don't love ourselves unconditionally on the subconscious level, we can get into all kinds of trouble. And I know that when I went back and got my master's degree, I graduated with a 3.95 GPA. I had one B and the rest were straight A's. And I, and I knew I could do it because I had changed the belief of not good enough to I am. I am this divine person, you know, and, you know, we're all, we're all human beings. Um, we're not human doings and we're really more spiritual beings in a human suit. And when I realized that um, and did the subconscious work, things changed for me. How did you find joy in that? atmosphere when you were young um <laughs> do you remember you know, I, I don't think i had i don't think i had an imaginary friend but i used to love to read i loved we had we had kids in the neighborhood that um all the girls were reading nancy drew and trixie belden books and <laughs> and i loved to read and then um yeah and a couple of us girls in the neighborhood had a tree fort and we used to i mean we built this we put boards in this tree and we used to climb trees and I used to jump rope and um, we had a boat when I was growing up and we used to go on the boat on every Sunday after church, we'd go on the boat and I learned to water ski and, you know, there were some, there was some joy, you know, I, I, <laughs> I'm always been accused of being a Pollyanna mm-hmm. Um I'm playing Join the, the glad game. <laughs> you know, no matter what the circumstances, I'm going to find I'm going to find the good in it. And um, even though I don't remember being being sad, um, I just was quiet and on and on alert. You know. Um, did you and, have siblings? And, or do you? Yes, I did. I had a I had an older brother and um, a younger brother and a younger sister, and it was two boys and two girls. And we were either the girls and the boys or the older kids and the younger kids. <laughs> so, yeah, there were four of us. And, um, yeah, and I okay. uh, shared, shared a room with my younger sister. And, um, yeah, and it was interesting because for years um, we we had a tenuous relationship because she was the one that, you know, mom seemed to love and do everything for. And, um and we we uh, as we aged, we got closer and we moved closer, and we were able to forge a, a good relationship today. Today we get on the phone and talk for hours, and yeah. So uh, we because of the work I did for myself, I was able to mend a relationship that was dictated more by my mother. Yeah. Yeah, that was interesting. That was my next question was what kind of relationship did you have with your sister? Because um, I grew up with three brothers and I've always thought wouldn't it have been fun to have a sister 
Uh, I do have a lot of friends, but it's a little bit different than having a sister. So was it after your mom? Well, you, you said you mended the relationship, but it took time? I mean, because you guys must have separated yeah, on the way um, to college. Yeah, we, she's five years younger than me. And um, my mom passed away when she was 62. I was, um, gosh, I was in my um, yeah. early 20. Yeah, it was, it was young. And, um, and um, my sister moved to, like, Arizona and I lived in Florida so we lived far away and we really didn't see each other and we you know we maybe sent Christmas cards and that was pretty much it and then um gosh about 16 years ago um she and her husband moved to Vero Beach they retired and moved to Vero Beach and um which was like an hour away from where we lived in Stewart we lived in Port St. Lucie at the time we got together and started, and, and I was of the opinion because of the work that I did that I don't need to talk about the past. If I want to, re- I said, I put it out there. I said a prayer. I want a relationship with my sister. I have all these friends that have sister relationships that they absolutely love, and that's what I want. And you know, the message I got was, well, then you need to do this. You need to put the past in in the back past and just move forward. And that's what I did. And interestingly enough, there were some conversations she brought up. And her perspective was different than mine. And it was like, mm-hmm. well, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, and if you think about it, five years is a really long time. You know, between kids, mm-hmm. I look at my children and the, the one, the oldest is eight years older than the youngest. And it could be a lifetime, you know, between those mm-hmm. two. And the uh, looking back, you know, when Lou passed away, the reactions to the oldest ones versus the youngest who was still home, it's mm-hmm. like they had lived completely different lives at, at different times. And, and maybe that was the same with your sister. You know, in your mind, mm-hmm. you're thinking she's the golden girl, and she might be thinking the same about you. I don't know. Oh, and she, and she did. It was so interesting because she was the, she was the uh, smart one, and she made straight A's in school. She was the smart one, and I was the social butterfly. Mm. And so we were, we were kind of opposites. But then when we really got to know each other, um, I mean, she loves to bake, and um, we actually shared um, patterns for sewing, um, curtains and drapes after we got back together, and we actually went down to uh, Fort Lauderdale and took a cooking class together, which was a lot of fun, and then one day she came over and we made aprons together, and so it, it was like we really had a whole lot more in common than we had that I had than I had ever thought so it was really 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 cool well don't you find that true about all of I'm looking at all the women that are on the show today and as we do this show and learn about different people we all have we're all sisters by other misters is the way I like to put it it we all Mm -hmm. have something in common if we just would sit and talk to each other and that leads us right into into you and, and what you're doing and living in the present and kind of walk me through that. How did you get into living totally present after you've gone through so much trauma in your life? Mm. Um, you know, my daughter's death um, made a huge impact as it as it would anybody. You know, I got to call at 3 a.m. You're daughter has been in a serious accident, um, serious crash. You need to come to St. Petersburg. And um, yeah, and that's all they said. And who, um, who made that phone call to you? It was a police officer. Okay. Yeah, because she was 34. And um, so it was a five-hour drive. We packed our bags, got somebody to watch the dog. And, and the whole way over, I was thinking of how I was going to support her with her physical therapy. Mm-hmm. And that's the thought process that I had. And then when we got there, I knew differently. Um, It was a huge shift. And um, being present is so important because I remembered the last time I had seen her. You know, this was in August. She came to visit me in in January to pick up a couch because we were going to move in she needed a couch, so she borrowed a truck and came up with her friends and um, her friend and loaded a couch on the back of the truck, and that was the last time I hugged her. Being present in that time that I was with her created memories. And here's the thing. When we are present with each other, we don't have regrets. There's nothing to regret. 
because we were present and we were able to be there and be whole. Um, I know that even today there's times that I catch myself not being present and I have to remind myself this is this is important. This person that's talking to you is important. You need to give them that time and space. Um, but being present, we don't have regrets if we're really present with each other. I, I, you know that I'm right now I'm sitting here just stumbling over my words because I've heard you talk about the no regrets before and I remember uh, when Lou passed that it was so important to me that the kids had all been at a good place with their dad and me too I mean I, I didn't mm-hmm. have any problems um, of course Pollyanna like you I probably brushed over some things but didn't have any regrets about our relationship and and I remember and I've shared this before where my daughter Jenny called up about two weeks before Lou died and now we didn't know he he wasn't sick or we didn't know he was going to pass away it was sudden but Mm-hmm. Lou called me up and said, hey, you know, Jenny just called me. Has she talked to you? And it's funny because Jenny, like most daughters, when and I was the same way for, for many years, when I would call home, my dad would answer and I'd say, hey, dad, how are you? Where's mom? You know, mm-hmm. always wanted to talk to mom. And so Jenny called up and boohoo cried to her dad and said, dad, I'm so sorry that over all these years, I really haven't had an opportunity to talk to you, that I've always gone right to mom. And she asked him to forgive her for that. And I guess it was weighing heavy on her heart. And I didn't know about this until he contacted me and said, hey, you know, Jenny just called and this is what's happened. And two weeks later, he was dead. Mm-hmm. And I'm yeah. like, I'm so grateful that she took that time, listened to that still small voice and called up her dad and got that out because I can't imagine what would be going through her mind 11 years later if she had regretted not making that call? Well, and here you go. There's, there's exactly what you said. She listened to that still, small voice. Mm-hmm. That's our intuition. Our soul knows everything that we need to know. And I remember two weeks before Caroline's death, she called me and she had a panic attack. And she had never had a panic attack. And she says, Mom, I don't understand what's going on. I'm crying all the time. I'm panicky. I'm the happiest I've ever been in my whole life, and I don't get it. And I did some EFT with her and got her through it. But when she, after the crash, um, and and it's interesting because when we went to her apartment, um, everything was organized. Um, She had had a garage sale two weeks before and released some things. (laughs) So... It was almost as if, you know, I'm reminded of um, the Garden of Gethsemane. And when, you know, I think her soul knew time was up. And her, mm. her physical being had no clue. But there was, a, there was a, just like with your daughter Jenny, there was that still small voice directing her life. And she was listening to it. And, um, and I really believe that's, that's so important is, listening to that still small voice because that's our intuition and that comes from our divine the divine part of who we are you know and it's not about religion and a belief it's it's a spiritual thing that we all have and you can call it whatever you want you know right um, but it's it's important to listen to that because um it 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 offers us opportunities to be present and to do the right thing Okay, we're going to move changes just a little bit because you and I would both look at the at the Pollyanna side, the, poly, the find the good in all of this. At mm-hmm. what point Caroline was engaged to be married, and her mm-hmm. fiance was with her. Mm-hmm. Um, he had he, he was in the accident, but he he did survive it. Mm-hmm. The young man that was the driver of the other car. I know you've mm-hmm. done some work on this. Can you kind of explain to us? How did you feel and how have you felt over the years about what happened and, and that young man and his family? And Because uh, a lot of people could be really angry about what happened. Can you kind of work me through your feelings on, on after the accident? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I, it's, it's interesting how um, life serves us things that we don't understand at the time it happens. And... Um, 
I had spent um, years in a program, a support program for friends and families of alcoholics. Um, my ex-husband, uh, I can say this, I'm not giving away his anonymity because he passed away two years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, he, was, he was an alcoholic in recovery. Caroline had been in Alateen. Um, I had friends whose family members had been in prison and had had been arrested for DUIs. Um, this young man was the same age Caroline was, and um, he got 15 years. Mm. And this is in the middle of his life. And one of my thoughts was his parents lost a child that day too. I understand the concept of alcoholism as a disease. I think my anger was more towards um, his insurance company that gave him a safe driver's policy after he already had one DUI. Mm. Um, you know, to me, that was enabling. And um, I think I'm, if there was any kind of anger, it was more directed at people who knew he had the disease and angered and, and, and allowed him to continue. Um, yeah, I think that's probably, if there was any anger, there wasn't, there really wasn't any anger because I understand the disease and how, how prolific it is. And were you able honest, to reach, were you able to reach out to his family? No. No, no. I, I chose not to. Okay. Um, you know, I had learned later on through other avenues that his his dad had passed away from alcoholism oh. and his mother was pretty much doing the best she could. Um, you know, it's it's family disease, you know. Um, I can't say I've ever driven under the influence um, because it's not something that I've ever really done. Um, but I know people that have. Um, because it's a family disease. It's a disease. And I understand that model. Um, so, um, well, and it's one hard. Of, I mean, as a, as a mom of, of four and, you know, we've had some issues, uh, you have to get to a point where you say, you know, you teach your kids to make good choices. At some point, though, they're responsible for their choices. And uh-huh. as a mother, we're mm-hmm. not responsible for their choices. And I think we tr- sometimes yeah. try to keep that control and that's not mm-hmm. good for us. No. You and here's me the thing is, some of that. <laughs> <laughs> and here's the thing is when when we allow them to be, you know, have their own choices, we're also allowing them to suffer the consequences of anything that happens. Right. And that's the that's the hard part, you know. Um I think um one of the things that that came to me with this is um forgiveness isn't necessary if I don't take offense in the first place. Mm. You know, something has to offend me for me to forgive someone if I don't take offense in the first place. And that goes back to the four agreements, which I absolutely love. Mm -hmm. But if I don't take offense in the first place, there's nothing to forgive. So that heaviness of resentment and regret and all of that is gone. It's not a part of my life. If I don't, and and really, it wasn't about me. It wasn't about Caroline. He, you know, he he didn't intentionally... And he intentionally, you know, chose to drink and drive. That was intentional. But but I also understand the disease of alcoholism and that at a certain point they really don't they really don't choose to take the keys. Um, they're just doing what they know how to do. Right. Um, and I also um I also believe in our soul contract. Um, Caroline came into this world, um uh, aspirating meconium five minutes without oxygen to the brain, and she spent her first six and a half weeks in intensive care. And I know, I, I just have a feeling that, you know, she made a promise. She said, okay, God, if you let me stay for a while, I'll do a bang-up job. Mm-hmm. And I, I think her 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 clock here on planet Earth was time's up. That That philosophy helps me through the grief knowing that you know we we have a soul contract at least that's what i believe and um she accomplished it i mean one of the schools she taught at named her their outdoor theater after her what 34 year old kids get that you know um she made she made an incredible impact on a lot of young young folks over on the west coast of florida yeah there were over 450 people at her service and most of them i didn't know yeah yeah Oh, and yeah. it was music. She was a music teacher. Mm-hmm. Yes, she and was. And so 
how I mean, I was telling my husband about our our show this morning, and I told him about Caroline, and uh, I laughed. I said, yeah, yeah, and when that music, Sweet Caroline, comes on the radio, everybody's face just lights up, and they start swaying, and Betsy's up there with them. And I mean, when I hear that song, I think of you. Yes, and all of my friends do. All yeah. my friends do. And it's so interesting because it, it happens that the, we were on our way to Disney with other family members uh, about a year and a half, two years ago, just before this thing hit. And um, we were walking into the like service station halfway between here and Orlando. And we walk in and guess what song's playing? <laughs> Sweet Caroline. And all of a sudden I hear in my head her voice saying, you're not going to Disney without me, Mom. <laughs> You know, and um, yeah, when my 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 oldest daughter was um, on a vacation in uh, it was some tropical island they went on vacation. The resort they stayed at had a, a band, and they would go out to dinner at another place and come back. And it was she said, "Mom, it was at a different time every night, so it wasn't like they were playing playing a set. It was just random." And she says, "Every time we walked in the hotel that night." After going out to dinner, the song they were playing was "Sweet Caroline." <laughs> well, she she wants you to know in her way that she's she's still there, she's hanging, and mm-hmm. just on a different mm-hmm. plane. And um, mm-hmm. I'm looking at the picture of the two of you together, and just such sweet smiles. And um, you know, there's a special relationship at some point in life between mothers and daughters. And they say that it's really interesting. I uh, I put a Mother's Day message out to my clients. For Mother's Day, and I had a picture of myself and my daughter and my mom and my granddaughter. And mm-hmm. I guess maybe Pollyanna me, I have good relationships with, with the mothers and the women in my life. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I, when I put this message out, I got an email back from someone who blasted me anew saying, you know, you're not taking into consideration the women who Mother's Day is a, has bad memories. And I'm thinking, no, I guess I didn't do that. And... Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, do we have to live our lives, though, by worrying about how or what we say if it's going to offend or hurt or, I mean, I'm sitting here kind of going, oops, should I even bring this up? But I was, my intent was to be kind, you know? Yeah. And And here's the thing. Go ahead. We can't, going back to the take offense, you know, I'm responsible for my own feelings. Yeah. And if something offends me, then I need to dig a little dig deeper and say, okay, what's really underneath there? You know, we're responsible for our own personal development. And, and the healing work I do, you know, we heal things so that that kind of stuff doesn't hurt as much as it did. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I thought of my, my oldest daughter. Um, she and her husband have tried to have children, and it's obvious that right now they can't. And she's old enough that it's it would probably be problematic if they continued trying. I don't know. But um, for her, Mother's Day is, I mean, she honors me, but but there is a loss there that she can't have children. Mm -hmm. And um, so for her, I understand that. However, she's responsible for that. You know, she needs to work through that and and do some other, you know, and, and do some healing work around it. I can't adjust my life to make it comfortable for her because here's the thing is everything we go through we go through to learn and to be better and if we don't process and we don't heal we're not being better and and it's our responsibility the whole reason we're here on earth is to learn and love and if if we can't do that because of something that hurts us or that we take offense to, we're not <clears throat> we're not we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing. Um, and, and we need and to yeah. acknowledge the people in our lives that I have a lot of friends that have not ha- been able to have children, but they mm-hmm. are some of the greatest nurturers and have been mothers to many, um, mm-hmm. not physically but emotionally and spiritually. And and, and that's what we mm-hmm. want to do is we want to acknowledge the good in life mm-hmm. and the good in people and. Mm-hmm. Caroline certainly did that, and, and you're, you're doing some incredible work around a very difficult time in your life. Uh, <laughs> and so I really honor that. So, Betsy, how did you get into the work that you're doing? Kind of tell everybody what you're doing and the training that you've had 
and you've worked on me, and it's <laughs> it was quite <laughs> quite enlightening. So kind of enlighten us on what EFT is and Site K, because many people have not heard of this stuff. Okay, and I also just recently got certified in something called Theta Healing, which is like even more powerful. Um, I just got a testimonial from Sprite Loriana, who who okay. is our Awakening Giants person, and and I did a, a couple of sessions with her, and she said I saved her life in five minutes. Um, and and here's the thing: is this stuff works quickly. Um, years ago, um, when I um, when I got married to my wonderful husband Ray today a lot of people know him he's um, sweet he's a sweetheart and um I got married and um I started doing things um that would irritate my past husband is like I was subconsciously testing him to see how he would react and he wasn't <laughs> reacting the way my my you know my other my past your my husband ex- as Trish would say your husband my, my husband <laughs> yeah and and it was like Hmm, you need to work on you, Betsy. There's more here. Because I'm always, you know, for years I was on that personal development journey. And um, I already had my master's degree. And so I went to a practitioner. Um, I had learned EFT and it was helping. And um, EFT is tapping on your meridian points to release negative energy um, brought on by feelings and traumas. It really, really helps. And I like teaching all my clients EFT because you use your hands to tap. You know, you can wake up in the middle of the night from a nightmare, tap on it, and you don't have to have, you don't have to make an appointment with somebody to get through the trauma you're you're in. Um, so I love teaching my clients EFT because it's self-empowering. Um, but I went to this woman who <clears throat> used Side K on me, and that's when I, we did muscle testing, which is also called kinesiology on my subconscious belief about not good enough and loving myself. And the muscle test came up that subconsciously I didn't believe any of that stuff. It was like, you're kidding me. I've done all this work. I I thought I was there, but my subconscious didn't believe it. And here's the thing is our subconscious mind is in charge 95% of the time through habits. So those those self-sabotaging behaviors I was testing my husband with um, was linked to not feeling good enough subconsciously. So in about five minutes, she did a psych K process, and we changed that. (laughs) And then I continued working on her because there's layers of this stuff and layers and layers of stuff, and um, especially coming from the childhood that I came from. There was a lot of residual childhood issues. That, and here's the thing is I had done an inner child workshop in my 30s, so I thought I had, quote, fixed all that. And, um, but it was on the conscious level. You know, our conscious level is what we think we think, and it's, it's, um, it's not habit. It's, you know, only 5% of our time we're, we're in our conscious mind, and the rest of the time we're in some subconscious and the subconscious is like, you know, you get in the car and you, you feel like you, your car knows that where you're on autopilot. because <laughs> It's a habit, you know, of going to certain places. But um, kinesiology and muscle testing is um, it's a similar process that's used for lie detector tests. And um, it, it comes under the same um, idea. Your body has all the answers and it reacts to... Um, thoughts and statements, whether it's true or not for you. And I just finished reading a book called Power Versus Force by David, Dr. David Hawkins, and he has 20 years of research proving the kinesiology works. And um, a lot of our chiropractors use it, and, um, but I use it to test. There, there are, a, one of my youngest son's friends graduated from college with a degree in that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I'd never heard yeah. the word until until that, and then you know I was hearing from you. I heard you interviewed once, and you talked about the reticulating activator sensor, the uh, RAS. What what is that? Okay, the RAS is a reticular activating system, and it is a system. It's it's a locator. It locates what we think, and um, so if you have a thought that I'm not good enough. You're going to attract, your RAS is going to go out and look for people, places, and things to continue to make that belief true. And so 
and you see people all the time that they're they're always complaining, life's horrible, life's miserable. As da 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 da. da. Well, their RAS this is a subconscious belief, and their RAS is going to go out and find the people, places, and things. Um, if they haven't done the healing work, and they're um, they're uh, they have trouble setting boundaries. You know, there's a belief behind setting boundaries. They're going to continue to be in relationships that don't have boundaries because their RAS is looking for that because of the belief in their in their system. You know, we see women all the time that like they they in and out of relationships and the relationships are horrible and they're like they can't seem to get it right and it's because there is an underlying belief and their RAS is going out and continue to look for the same thing. Um so yeah, it's it's an important part. And when you change your belief on the subconscious level all of a sudden, your RAS, RAS is going out and looking for the positive things. <laughs> so I, I heard you say once, too, that, that the beliefs, many of our beliefs are, are learned or, or um, between the ages of one and seven. So yes. most of the stuff that is coming up when we're 67 happened before we were seven. Is that correct? A lot of it. A lot of it. And, and you might you might. Seeing, you may be seeing the things that are happening right now, but if you really dig back, and you, there's a, there was the first time it ever happened, and it you know it didn't have to be a parent. It could have been the kid next door. Mm-hmm. Um, it could have been a teacher. I remember, you know, and and I was making straight A's till I hit fifth grade, and no, it was fourth grade, and I misunderstood an assignment, and then we were supposed to turn in six book reports, and I put in five and she gave me an F on my report card and it was like uh, it was devastating I brought the report card home and my parents didn't care because I was a girl and I didn't need to be smart (laughs) so that was a trajectory you know that belief it was like grades don't matter okay I don't I don't have to do well in school and that created a huge belief in me until I was much older um you know, going through college the first time and not getting good grades and understanding why I had to take organic chemistry twice, you know. Things weren't just, they weren't, school was not easy for me. And yet the first four years for, you know, kindergarten through through third grade was easy. You know, I got all the gold stars for spelling tests, you know. Um, I was smart until I was told I wasn't. Mm. Yeah. I'm yeah. sitting here listening or trying to remember back between one and seven and, and one silly thing comes to note when I, my father made me this beautiful A-framed dollhouse for my Barbie dolls mm-hmm. and my brothers proceeded to go and cut the hair off my Barbie dolls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I hadn't thought about that until recently and I was thinking of my first boyfriend when we broke up at 19. First thing mm-hmm. I did was I cut my hair off. Mm-hmm. And I had beautiful long hair, and my father kept that ponytail. He gave it to me a few years ago. He kept it for, for like 45 years. And I could probably look back and say, you know what? I felt like I had power by cutting my hair off. because yeah, it gave you, yeah, I you lost took back it. the power from your, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I lost it when my brothers cut my, do- my Barbie doll's hair off. Well, I wish I had yeah. those Barbie dolls with hair today. They'd be a real treasure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they but, would. Yeah, but I, I, that's interesting about the EFT and, and the the RAS. And I, one of the girls brought it up in in uh, when we're looking at cars. You know, some people might not understand about the the not good enough showing up and everything. But if you wanted to, if you were looking, give the example of buying a looking for a red car. Mm-hmm. And when your RAS is blinking, you know, going off, you bought this red car. And now you look around and everybody has a red car. Oh yeah, oh yeah. There's a really good book I was I was sharing with someone the other day called E Squared by Pam Grout, and it gives you energy exercises to do, um, and it man, like manifesting energy exercises. And um, you know, it says focus on focus on try to find yellow butterflies today. How, how count how many yellow butterflies you see, and you're like, I never see any yellow butterflies. <laughs> I think I saw 35 that day oh my because gosh. I was. Because I was focused on it. Mm. I was focused on it. And it was like, you're kidding me. 
it was like I could see butterflies. Yellow butterflies were showing up everywhere. Even in like the tablecloth at a restaurant, there was a yellow butterfly. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and it was so, and it's really cool because there's, there's like, I think 12 or 13 exercises you can do. And, and um, I remember when I was doing the exercises, my, my husband, had lost his wedding band and he couldn't, he couldn't find it. He didn't know where he lost it. It just fell off. And so I it said to focus on something you want. And I was like, I'm going to focus on his wedding ring. And I spent the whole, whole day focusing on the his wedding band and it showing up. And all of a sudden at lunchtime, he calls me and he says, you'll never guess what happened at work today. And I said, what? And he says, my wedding band popped out of the copy machine. No way. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and I was like, here you go. I focused on that wedding band and sure enough, and in the most least likely places that you'd ever think of, in the middle of the coffee, copy machine, it just pops out. Yeah. Okay, so for all of the women that uh, we deal with that have <laughs> lost a lot of money, let's start focusing on, on finding it, on getting it back, and, and on... Mm-hmm you know, getting rid of those negative emotions about the people that have hurt us in our lives. Um, because, mm-hmm. what, you know, what we what we do focus on, we will attract. That's the whole law of attraction and, and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, so, and people think that the law of attraction is like, woo-woo. it's not. It's a universal law, kind of like gravity. It works whether you want it to or not. You know, I've been really good manifesting everything in my life. I just didn't know I was until, until I learned about it and was able to switch what I was focusing on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, Betsy, um, I, I find the this, this Psyche and EFT is very interesting. How can people find out about that? Where, where can they go uh, on your website or getting a hold of you? How can, how can they get that yeah, information? Yeah, I have a website. I'm also certified in Theta Healing. In Theta Healing, you have to have a belief in a, in a higher power of some sort because we do, we do connect with higher power to heal. And it's, I find that really, really beneficial as well. Um, I have a website, BetsyRosam.com, and um, I have a lot of good information on there about what I do. And um, and I have a free, uh, uh, I have a free checklist of uh, finding out if you have unresolved trauma, loss, or grief. Mm-hmm. Now, it's interesting because we you know, we can, we can say, well, I don't have any of that. But if you look at this checklist and you see, oh, gee, I'm a perfectionist or I'm a people pleaser or hmm, I feel unmotivated or drained or I lack confidence, all of those things are come from unresolved trauma, loss, or grief. And we may not necessarily have identified it as that. Um, and um, that's where I can help healing because when you, you start the healing Things change. Um, there's a lot of positive things that happen. You don't second guess yourself anymore. Um, you don't take things personally. Yay! You don't take right. offense. Right. You have confidence and you set goals and you, yeah, things work out much better for you. Now you've you've uh, made comments in the past about being um, lacking confidence, lacking confidence in yourself, and and I it takes us right to. Uh, when we went out to California for Changemakers, <laughs> which is called Awakening Giants. And I was watching the video of, of you this morning on the challenge course. Now, last week I talked to the Love Twins, to mm-hmm. Michelle and and uh, Gladys about the challenge course and mm-hmm. the fear and getting over that. So mm-hmm. I want to take you back there for a minute and take mm-hmm. you back to California and why you went out there uh, what were you What were you trying to figure out for yourself, and and how did the experience change you? Mm. It's really interesting because um, that whole experience landed one year um, one year um, after Caroline's death. I um, mm-hmm. celebrated her angelversary, I call it, while we were out there. Um, it's interesting because I wasn't sure, you know, what I wanted, you know. It's interesting because a lot of people say, well, set an intention. And, and I usually do set an intention. But here's the thing is I am open-minded to whatever whatever happens. And so for me, it was more about I'm going to enjoy. I was more fearful of the wolf encounter. Mm-hmm. That like, like, you're crazy. I'm going to go sit. I'm going to go be with wolf. And I didn't know about the ropes course. That was, I had no idea we were going to do that. 
Um, but I was more like, ah, going in, in with wolves. And then, and then sleeping outside in the open. I'd never slept outside in the open before. I'd been camping, but there was a tent, <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> but laying on a cot in the middle of some place. And here's the thing is, is I got on a plane going to some place I had never been with many people I had never met. And I mean, we, we Uber drived everywhere. So I was trusting everybody to get me everywhere. Um, you know, they had taken care of our meals, everything. So there was a huge trust factor in all of it. And to me, that was like, this is really cool because I'm able to do that. I don't, there are people who, who wouldn't be able to, you know, show up and not have a schedule, you know, and just show up and, okay, we're going to get in a van. Okay, we're going to get in a bus. Okay, we're going to get in a car. We're going to ask this person to take us here. Um, yeah, that was, it was really interesting. Um, the ropes course, I, it was, it was funny because I started it and I was, I was enthusiastic because it was like the little girl in me with a tree fort was going to get to climb trees again. But I had, uh, a back and hip problem and I could only get so far because they had the, the rungs on the pole turned sideways at a certain point and I couldn't turn my hip the way it was without extreme pain and it was like okay I I, I had to listen to my body and, and it said don't push through this pain you, you need to stop um, because I was you know, the little girl in me wanted to climb that tree and do what everybody else wanted. Everybody else was doing it, and I wanted to be part of that group, you know. But I had to listen to my body, and, and I was okay with that. Um, I felt good about what I had accomplished. Um, when we were in the wolf, at the wolf uh, place. Wolf, I think it's called the wolf connection. Oh, yes, the wolf connection. When we were at the wolf connection, and we were outside sleeping somebody had mentioned there was a meteor shower that night and I was like I've never seen a meteor shower and I have I hardly slept because I was looking up at the sky looking for the stars and um, yeah it wasn't real comfortable because I didn't have my pillows (laughs) (laughs) but but it was it was a beautiful experience because it was like, this is really cool. I'm outside sleeping outside at night in a place I've never been um, watching these, these, these stars. And yeah, it was beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And then the next day we went to, um, we did our, uh, in fact, I was with, um, <clears throat> with our uh, journey. Uh, and I forget what they call it. The, uh, Oh, the scavenger hunt. The scavenger hunt. Around Um, San Diego. Yes, the twins. I was with, the twins were in my group. Mm -hmm. And um, we had 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 problems with our phones getting the information. We were like the first group to get information in, but we couldn't get information back. And it kept happening to us that we would get the information. We, we, We had the information, but we had a bad connection. And so everybody was frustrated. You know, we sat down in right about lunchtime, and I said, you know, let's look at what our main goal here is. Our main goal is to raise money and awareness for the Wolf Connection. It's not to win first place. And that's when we sat down and we decided to do um, a rap. And we did a, um, we did a song, and we put it out on Facebook. And we connected with all of our – we did everything virtually. And we sat down, and we, we, we did this – Rap and you know we were the last group to come in. We got lost, but we were having a blast, and um, we got a lot of money because we had for the Wolf Connection. We got some good donations because we had shifted our our thought process to hey, this isn't working, so let's try something else, and we had fun doing it. Well, and if anybody wants to see that rap, go to go to YouTube and look up Betsy Rossum. Awakening Giants, and it's cute, and they were really, it was so fun and so sweet, and I, and I remember, we're all looking for connections, but sometimes yes. we're looking in the wrong places, and, mm-hmm. and I love how, you know, you said at one point that we just need to put down our cell phones, and that is so true, especially when we're out to dinner or when we're with family members. Um, you talked about one time when you and Ray went out to dinner, and he was talking to you, and you were on your telephone 
saying, mm-hmm. yes, I hear you, I hear you. <laughs> Do we really mm-hmm. hear our family members or our friends if we have that phone in front of us? Yeah, yeah, and that's part of the being present. And and he's going to be the first one to tell you that occasionally I do slip back into that. I have, I have to, I have to really, really watch myself with that and be aware of okay, um, we I need to be present here. Um, Yeah, and being present, Betsy. We talked about this before we got on the show. I had heard you say uh, you actually gave a present, B P R E S E N T, to people. And that acronym, I don't know if you remember it, but it's you know being passionate and being mm-hmm. responsible for your your every error, every mm-hmm. trial, um, taking every moment and doing your best to focus on what's mm-hmm. what's around you. Safety, and this is important in my world. Safety mm-hmm. online, safety in person, um, being sure that you know you are safe physically, mentally, spiritually. Mm-hmm. And then encouraging others to do the same by modeling good behavior. And, you know, that's where the Pollyanna in us comes in. And some people might not see that as extraordinary behavior because many times we do put up that mask and hide behind it. But Mm -hmm. we're trying to be good citizens. And then forget what happened in the past because it brings up a lot of shame in many of us. Mm -hmm. Forgive. That's where I see forgive yourself for it, but then move past it and be thankful uh, and express gratitude, and I want to move. Well, I want you to move into that really quickly. Tell us the about gratitude that and gratitude. Yeah. Bre- that breakfast yeah. after Caroline. After well, here's the thing. It, yeah, here's the thing. Is is you know I had learned there's a there's a Dwayne Cummings was um, at my table at one of the WPN um, dinners and. Um, he talked about gratitude in action and actually had us clear the table for the server and thank him. And um, it left a huge impact on me that, you know, it's not just saying saying thank you or thinking gratitude, it's gratitude in action. And, you know, from that point on, I whenever someone serves me, um, I look at their name tag, I call them by their name, and I express gratitude. And... Um, we were over when we were in St. Petersburg. Caroline had her crash, and um, we were we were staying at a hotel right across the street from the hospital. And that um, <clears throat> hotel served a beautiful breakfast every morning. And this was the the, the first morning we woke up. Um, she was still on life support. We didn't know whether we were still hoping she was going to make it. And um, there was a young woman putting breakfast out, and I was reminded of gratitude in action. And I walked over to her, and I looked her in the eye. I called her by her name on her name tag, and I said, you know, um, I want to let you know how much I appreciate you putting out this beautiful breakfast. Uh, Many of us have children or loved ones over in that hospital, and this is the only meal we may get the the whole day. And I pointed to the TV screen. My daughter's crash had been looped on that screen for, you know, hours because it was it was on the news. And I pointed to that and I said, that's my child. And I really want you to know how much I appreciate it. And she looked at me with tears in her eyes and she said, thank you for sharing that with me. My son is, my four-year-old son is, is over there in that hospital with cancer. Mm-hmm. We held hands, and we closed our eyes, and we said a prayer for our children. And it was a very profound thing because here are these two strangers, mothers, praying for their child together, um, all because I spoke up and um, and did gratitude in action. And um, later that day, Caroline was declared legally declared brain dead, and we had to deal with that. Um, but it was, it, it, for whatever reason, um, that moment of sharing that with that woman, um, made it easier. I don't know, but it was the right thing to do and it felt good. And I guess that's turning things around, you know. Well, that's being purposeful. And, and what comes to mind here is, um, our friend Nancy Matthews' little book called The One the one philosophy, and just thinking about someone other than yourself and being grateful for that person being in your life. And 
it shifted me out of the poor me's, you know? Exactly, exactly. It, it, it took, took the focus off of me, and I was able to be there for someone else, and it and in in the long run it made a difference for me um yeah and that's what service is all about and getting putting yourself i mean i look around and there are times when you know we could all do the poor me you know why did this happen why 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 uh well life happens and you know as the girls put it last week bad things do happen to good people but it's Mm -hmm. the way we look at it and the experience that we gain from it and mm-hmm. what can we do to help others? I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, you would rather that that accident didn't happen, but it did. And there's nothing you can change about what happened. But mm-hmm. you've made great changes in many other people's lives because of what happened. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what we all should do with our experiences. And we're not going to mm-hmm. shoulda, coulda, woulda ourselves to death here. But we, no. have, the, <laughs> we have the opportunity Mm-hmm. to shift and make a difference in someone else's life because of our experience. Well, yeah, and here's the thing is, is if I don't, if I don't use this, um, the experience of, of this loss of my child, if I don't use that experience for good, then it makes it a real, tra- a real tragedy. Mm-hmm. You know, if I don't turn it around and, and, and make something positive out of it, it's more of a tragedy than it really is. Um, yeah. And she might be yeah. she might be sad for you. You know? Yeah. We'll be yeah. together on the other side. That's my, my belief. And uh, oh, well, you know, me too. Me too. She's gonna yeah. be happy. And, I mean, I, I again, yeah. I'm looking at that picture of the two of you together, and that's what it's gonna be like. And she's gonna be like, mm-hmm. Mom, thanks for making lemonade out of lemons. Well, and yeah, and what's really interesting is that um, she passed away in August, and the following. April, my dad passed away. He was in a nursing home in St. Petersburg. And mm. when she was alive, she used to go visit her grandpa. And my dad had had, um, my dad had um, uh, dementia from a brain injury, but she used to go visit him. And so when he passed away, I could hear, I could hear her voice in my head saying, I told grandpa his life sucked and then he needed to come over to this side because you could go scuba diving without tanks. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You passed the, you passed the Pollyanna gene down to Caroline. <laughs> oh, she was a Pollyanna, definitely. 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 Well, this is marvelous. Yeah. So Betsy, again, tell people how they can get a hold of you because with Zoom the way it is these days, there are no boundaries to our work. Okay. Um, my website is BetsyRosam.com. I have my phone number on there. Um, and it's B-E-T-S-Y-R-O-S-A-M, Rossum with an M. Just think of awesome Rossum. There you go. Perfect. <laughs> and, and, um, and I have a, a checklist there. There's some really good articles. You can hear some of my talks. Um, give me a call and um, we can talk about how I can help you to release uh, the unresolved trauma, loss, or grief in your life, and create a better life for yourself. Uh, it's worth it's yeah. worth the time. I mean, I I did it. it uh, so I did is. it with Maddie, and and it was, and I'm one of those that initially it's like, ooh, this sounds a little woo woo, but um, <laughs> you know, understanding the whole subconscious and over the years of self development, working self development, you, you realize that so many things could be changed. It's all attitude. And, uh, you know, we've got to change our mindset. So, Betsy, thank you so much for living in the present, for being here with us today, uh, for all that you're doing. And we do need to get together. We're only 10 minutes away from each other. (laughs) Uh, Lunch is on on the line with no mask. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. thank you so much. And and everybody, thanks for being here. I'm going to wrap this up. So we appreciate you all being here and listening to Stand Up and Speak Up because we are dedicated to encouraging you to remove the mask of embarrassment and to being your best self. I didn't have Dr. Tim on today, but I am on the board of directors of SCARS, the Society of Citizens Against Relationship Scams, and we are here to provide worldwide assistance to victims, uh, victims of crime, online crime around the world. 
If you can make a small donation, please go to our website, againstscams.org, for assistance and guidance and options for recovery. This episode has been sponsored by BenfoComplete.com, a vitamin supplement company that supports happy and healthy hands and feet for those with neuropathy. If you or anyone you know struggles with the pins and needles or numbness in their hands and feet, check out our Benfotemian products at BenfoComplete.com and use the special code Stand up for a 5% discount. Thanks, everybody, for being here today. Go to my website, thewomanbehindthesmile.com, for additional information and resources. Subscribe to my YouTube channel. Enjoy the replays. Thank you, Betsy, for being here. You're a special guest, a special friend, and I am grateful that you are living every day in the present. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day.